episode 18 of Our Brooklyn Bites. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. And do would you like to start off today? Um, where should we start? Should we start with some games, perhaps? Some games that we've been playing? Yeah, what, what have you been playing? <laughs> well, as you well know, as you well know, I don't know about anybody else, but you well, you do know this, that I've been playing the Illusion series. Um... It's an ongoing process. Yeah, the the Disney-inspired Castle of Illusion games. That's probably the the most well-known one, Castle of Illusion for Genesis. Um, <clears throat> but I've, uh, you know, knocked out the Master System version of that game as well. I've called it the Game Gear version in the past. It's the same game, but the screen is slightly different. I think for, th- for the latest game that I played, I've definitely played the Game Gear version. Okay. Because I've seen the screens, and they look a little different. Um... Compared to the other one. Uh, just Really just the uh, like on-screen stuff is different, like your score and your health and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played Land of Illusion for Game Gear. Um, and this is, you know, uh, known in Japan as Mickey Mouse's Magical Crystal. Okay. Enticing title, right? <laughs> this was released by Sega um, for the Master System in 1992 and for the Game Gear in 93. Um, and basically it starts off with Mickey, like, kind of, you know, you get, like, a little cartoon cinema. He, like, uh, is reading a book of fairy tales and he falls asleep. Um, and then a girl who looks like Daisy Duck comes up to him and asks for help and says, you know, this magic crystal has been, uh, stolen. And, you know, it's the evil, uh, I don't know, I guess the, the main villain in this, the Phantom, is responsible for this. So, um, you know, like previous... Illusion games. The first stage is in the forest, surprisingly enough. <laughs> this is an action platformer, by the way, like any of them. And that's kind of the reason I'm playing them at all, is because I'm a bit of a, a platformer fan. The old style of platformers, not... Yeah. Or any type of, like, even like a Crash Bandicoot 3D? I like, well, I like, I like the 3D action platformers, yeah. too, sure. But, but you know, 2D's good, too, obviously. That's where it all started. Um... And, of course, the first thing I notice is the dreaded time limit is back. Oh, why would they do that? <laughs> so, for some reason, the, the 8-bit versions of these games are timed. They have time stages, whereas the Genesis version didn't. So, there is that basic difference. Um, he's got the same set of moves. You play as Mickey Mouse. You know, you can bounce around and do the butt stomp. His famous butt stomp move. And uh, he's got the same ability to pick up objects and fling them at enemies, things like that. Um, the graphics are pretty decent for the game. The character designs are a little simpler than what you saw on the Genesis, which I guess is natural because it's like a lower resolution screen on the Game Gear. <clears throat> but, you know, they're kind of reminiscent of like earlier Disney designs almost. It kind of works well for the characters because it almost looks like, you know, when Mickey was like not drawn as detailed and he had just like black circles for eyes instead mm-hmm. of like the full big giant eyes. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that, but it's probably not intentional because in the cutscenes you do see like more fleshed out like art style. Um, and you know, I don't know the music again, like the last one left me kind of blah, didn't really care for the music that much, but the sound effects are typical for a platformer. Um, but this game definitely seems more developed than its predecessor, like a little more advanced in general. There's like now like kind of an overworld map where you can ha- you can freely move between different areas. Like as long as you've cleared them and unlocked them, you can kind of move between them. Um, you've got areas, uh, with names like, uh, tiny cavern. And Lake. <laughs> and Blacksmith's Castle. Um, 
And the other thing is, like, while you're playing stages, you've got, like, checkpoints now, like, signs that you can actually walk over, and it actually tells you, like, you've, you've checked off that area. Um, there's, like, a lot of little hidden power-ups, too, in the game. You know, like, uh, like mouse ears, they give you, like, extra lives, things like that. And um, even things that increase your abilities, right? So as you defeat certain bosses you get, like, extra items, which give you, like, new abilities. So at one point in the game, you get a rope, which lets you, like, climb walls, like Spider-Man almost. You can, like, stick to a wall and actually climb up the wall. Um, You get, like, a potion, which lets you shrink, which you can activate any time. You just, like, hold down the D-pad and then press the button, and then you'll, like, become, like, micro-sized. And it'll let you, like, sneak into, like, areas that you couldn't get to before. Um, So things like that. It's pretty cool. But it still um, remains a like linear platformer. This isn't a type of game where you backtrack and uh, access areas you might have missed. Yeah, it's- actually, th- it does have a bit of that. At one point, you get uh, one of the items you get is the flute, and the flute basically just means you can you can exit the zone anytime you want and go back to the map because you're gonna you're gonna see certain items that you can't reach unless you have those abilities. So you might see like um, a star, which gives you like a extra health, I think. And, um, basically you won't be able to reach it until you have the ability to climb the wall, let's say, or something like that, or the ability to shrink so you can enter like the secret room that'll get, gets you there. So yeah, there's definitely some amount of, you know, I need to make note of this to be able to come back to it later. Yeah. Um, let's see what's different about this game. You do have like some underwater segments, but this time you have to, you actually have to watch your, you know, your, um, you actually get a limited amount of air underwater, mm. and you have to actually watch how much you... you I would think so. <laughs> your little meter. Well, yeah, in the previous one, there was some underwater stuff, and it didn't really... It didn't seem like a, no, an issue or anything. No, there was no problem doing oh. that. Um, yeah, so, like, there's, like, a part where you can... You have, like, uh, the room is dark, and then you can pick up a lantern, and the room is only lit up if you're holding the lantern. But if you drop it, then the room goes dark again. And that gets a little tricky, too, because there's one portion where it's, like, really crazy. You have to, like... Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of segments in the game where it's, like, forced scrolling. You're forced to, like, move forward. Otherwise, you get crushed, mm-hmm. you know, as the screen moves ahead. And, uh, you know, there's a part where the room is going, like, light and dark. And you only get a glimpse of, like, the layout. And then you have to be able to run through it. But the floor is moving up and down at the same time. And you might get crushed against the ceiling or against spikes or something. And you have to sort of, like move yourself a certain amount and then stop and wait for the light to come back on and you can keep going. So Mm. it gets a little more challenging overall. Um, like near the end of the game, there's like a, an Island that you can go to and there's like, um, like you can, you drop like a giant bean and then this beanstalk like pops up and then you like, you know, you can climb up the beanstalk jumping on the leaves. Um, by then you also need to have like special shoes that you can walk on, like you walk on clouds and things like that. That's part of being able to get through there. Um, there's another portion where it's like a, um, a a stage called sandcastle where you have to go into like a pyramid and there's like crabs and flowing sands and all kinds of weird stuff going on in there. And there's like a, a part underwater where the gates have to be like, there's like, there's like gates that you have to open up the passages and you have to like flip them in, in like a certain order and you have to be able to hold your breath <laughs> while you're doing that. And there's like mm. fish coming at you while you're doing that. And it's like, it gets really challenging at that point. I mean, if I was playing this on an actual Game Gear, I think that's the stage I would have like 
maybe have smashed the, the handheld against the wall. It would not have survived, so I probably would not have finished the game. Wow. <laughs> um, the final stage, though, is like you get to confront like the Phantom in, in the Phantom's castle. And it's really tricky. It was really, really tough, actually. Um, there's like a point where like you have to like jump on these blocks that are like zigzagging. And there's, like, wrecking balls coming down, and, like, it's really, really, um, there's, like, a pool underneath it, where, like, you don't, you know, if you fall in, you don't just lose one life, you kind of, like, lose the whole stage. Mm -hmm. So, it gets really tough there. Um, there's, like, another puzzle where you had to use, like, a door to, like, enter, like, a mirror version of the room that you're in, and, you know, like, the layout is different on the other side of it, so... In, in that area, the door is actually your enemy. Like, it looks like a door like any other door in the game. But once you get close to it, it, like, jumps to life and starts, like, attacking you. <laughs> so you have to, like, kind of get it to follow you to a certain spot on the level. And then, like, you kill it there. And then it becomes, like, a real door. And then you can kind of flip over on the other side. And I don't know. It was really tough. <laughs> it's hard to uh, imagine what that looks like, I guess. But um, the final boss himself was... Uh, I wouldn't say easy, but, you know, it wasn't, like, super hard. Uh, there's, like, three different things that he does. He, like, becomes, like, he shoots fireballs at you initially, and um, after you bonk him enough times, he becomes, like, he, like, starts throwing whirlwinds. You still do the butt stomp? Is yeah. That how you beat? Okay. Yeah, that's, like, the basic so, attack in so this game. So, pretty much, the mechanics and almost, you think it's, like, a pixel swap? Like, pretty much, they took a pixel for pixel of your character? Or did they redo any of the graphics or anything? Uh, it looks the same as the the last version that I played. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Castle of Illusion okay. version. Um, didn't look... I mean, the graphics, uh, I would say, were about the same. Mm. I couldn't really tell any real difference. Um, but, you know, you do see other well-known characters. I was surprised. The only one that I did see that I was, like, not... That I didn't really recognize was some kind of horseman. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like like... Daisy so Duck is in it. Forgotten in it. Disney character. Horse I don't know. Apparently, it's Horace Horse Collar. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the blacksmith in this game. Apparently. Okay. I it guess that makes sense because he be makes horseshoes. Yeah, I don't know my Disney very well. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> I, but you know, it's not really necessary to to know it to really enjoy the game. So how, overall, I would say it's a pretty solid. Is, is there a shop that you go into like to buy upgrades or anything? No, no, nothing like that. Now, now, your complaint with the past game was it was a little bit too easy. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that stacks up against? Yeah, I think it starts off about the same, but then I think there were there were some parts that really got kind of challenging. Like mm. you really, it, it was mostly timing. Like especially these scrolling areas, it, it's almost like there's no room for error. You have to know exactly like when when to jump and when to break something and when to pick up something and throw it so that it breaks something else um yeah there's a point where you have to like break blocks and fall through the floor to get like a switch so that you can open up the next you know the next pass th uh, through that area but meanwhile the screen is still scrolling and mm -hmm. you're you know you have to like run far enough ahead to be able to do all that yeah those can get kind of annoying <laughs> uh-huh well, it took a few tries, but, you know, it didn't get, like, stuck or anything. No. The other continues? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. you can... You like, I mean, this is still, a, like, supposedly a kid's game, so I would... You would think so, yeah. I would imagine, you know, it should be sort of mm -hmm. toned down a little bit. Much like some of those, you know, Capcom Disney games, you know, they're, they're kind of challenging in some mm -hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Nice. But I would recommend it if, you know, if you're really? in the mood for this type of game. Okay. I, I like the other ones. I thought, you know, I played through the Game Gear version of Land of Illusion mm-hmm. and the Genesis one, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, if you've played that one, then you're going to be pretty fam- in pretty familiar territory with this one. You know, except for the, the new stuff that they added with all these items, giving you new new stuff to do. But, um... I enjoyed it, and I'll probably move on to the next one. <laughs> what is the next one? Um, the next one's going to be, I think, World of Illusion for the gen- the Genesis. Oh, okay. So Castle, and then Land, and then World. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that was the next one up. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we'll see. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been playing? I played a couple of games. I, I did finish Transformers uh, Fall of Cybertron. I played it on Xbox 360. I talked about it last time. Uh-huh. Um, my opinion on it kind of not changed a whole lot. Mm. I will say that the second half of the game does get better. And I guess it's because a lot of, of the storyline starts to come to an end. Um, so they they start. So you start meeting some new robots now when you get to the halfway point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so immediately when you get to Chapter 6, which is about halfway, you get to play as the Decepticons. And the Decepticon. I'm always a fan of the Decepticon. So uh-huh. you always root for the bad guys. I always root for the yeah. <laughs> and but they they just kind of control a little better because you get to fly now, and I, I like how the, the controlling is with, when you're flying the ships. Mm-hmm. So you play as Starscream. Um, uh, you play as one of the Combaticons, and each one's like a specific mission. So the reason why they're giving you, like, the Combaticon is because he turns into a tank that can knock out the ship's, like, thrusters or something, or whatever the gates were. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's why you use him. And then as soon as that mission's over, then you switch to somebody else. Um, you get to play as Bruticus, which is the combined version of all five Combaticons. Mm. Um, that was not as cool as I was hoping it was going to be. Like, <laughs> it feels a little rushed, like, the whole end part. Because, like, you would think one of the greatest things about the Transformers was when the five robots would combine into the right. big one. And they, the way they do it in this game is kind of, like, really fast. It's sort of like there's no, like, hype leading up to it. Like, uh-huh. like the first game, there was a little bit more buildup on these big scenes. And in this game, not so much. Um, so I, I was a little disappointed. Like, they seem like, you know, he's just like, all right, we got to combine. And it's just like two seconds later, they're just combining. And it's kind of like, oh, that's it. Like, mm. I thought it was going to be like this big, like, cool sequence where, you know, like, they're just about to get destroyed. And, you know, this was like a last-ditch effort. They, they turn into this giant robot. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing as Bruticus, he never doesn't feel that large because he they scale down the screen to be, like, um, you know, so you can view everything. As big as So he you still are. looks like kind of yeah. not that much larger than a regular robot. Mm-hmm. But everything else is still, like, um, because you're zoomed out, like, everything is smaller. But, like, so you're destroying, like, the uh, Autobot ship, and you're breaking through, like, walls and stuff. And it sort of feels, like, in scale, but I don't know. Something feels a little bit off about it. Um, Hmm. It's it's sort of easy, because all you're doing is just punching and, like, running into things. Okay. And it's not, it's, um... But do you feel like more powerful? I mean, does it seem like, hey, you know, now that I've got, now that I'm five robots combined, I'm a much like stronger um, robot. I mean, I don't know. Like everything kind of feels sloppy. So, like as Bruticus, you have, um, I believe it's some, you have a fan, like one of your your helicopter guy on the arm. I think Vortex. Uh-huh. He is like a fan weapon. So 
that's um, you can use that to like bash into guys. Mm-hmm. It starts spinning, and then you can just like destroy everything in your path. Uh, but you're basically just pounding the the punch button, and it just punches everything in front of you and kicks everything. <laughs> and that's kind of it. I don't remember. That's how Britica solves all his problems. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, there's this one point where, like, these turrets start shooting at you, but you can kind of just, like, run out of the way. I don't know. Hmm. Is it a short segment, though? Or do it's you... pretty short, yeah. It doesn't last too long, right? Yeah, no. I mean, considering it was, to me, it was, like, the selling point of the game, mm-hmm. um, they really didn't put that much emphasis on it. Why wouldn't they make, like, a whole game about something like that? I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I thought this was the whole I, point I of it. I they have to give you a little bit of everything. Yeah. They... Yeah, they gave you, like, a little taste of it. And you, you do get to play with them one more time, which I'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, it gets... It does get a little better because they introduce... They reintroduce Soundwave back into the game. Mm-hmm. And I liked how his... He was in the first game. The first game, he was one of the bosses. And you find him, and like, he ejects the cassettes and everything. Yeah. This time you're playing as Soundwave, and you actually get to con- eject the cassettes on certain scenes. So you'll get to a scene where like a door will be locked, and you, you have to press a button to eject Laserbeak. And then mm. he says, you know, Laserbeak ejects, and you know it comes <laughs> out, and then Laserbeak like shoot like shoots lasers at the door to knock it down. But it's automated, right? Or, the, cassettes, the cassettes like act on their own, or you? Yeah, have to no, them it's too? all computer controlled. They uh-huh. can't die or anything like that. Okay. Um, there's scenes where you're overwhelmed with Autobots, like you're infiltrating um, an Autobot ship, and you have to eject Rubble and Frenzy to help you. Mm-hmm. So you press the eject button, and they come out, and they just start running around beating up on Autobots <laughs> you know, to help you out. Uh, it, it's it's cool. I mean, it was more that's more of a fan service type of scene, and that's the stuff I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they copied a lot of the dialogue from the movie, too. So, like, all the dialogue with the sound wave scenes are all, like, quotes from the Transformers cartoon movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of nice. Um, I think, they, like, that's the type of the stuff they did in the first game, and they didn't really do it much in the second game up till now, up till the sound wave scene. Uh, they introduced the Insecticons. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they started adding a little, also from the original cartoon, like, um, shrapnel... Uh, repeats himself like that whole voice thing <laughs> it sounded kind of weird because they don't have uh-huh. the effects on any of the robot voices okay so it just sounds like a guy repeating himself these aren't like lines lifted from the cartoon though right I mean, uh, like, like the sound wave scenes samples. the sound wave scenes are lines like taken straight from the I mean cartoon. lines but how about like, but not the voice it's not the actual audio sample no right no so like rumble's voice is kind of similar not so much sound mm-hmm. waves they tried to like vocode his voice but mm-hmm. They didn't do a very good job. So that should be so easy, though. Don't you it think? is easy. I don't know why they couldn't nail it down. It's it, it's a little sloppy. It's a little hard to understand. Hmm. Um, the Insecticons, they didn't do any... They didn't bother at all. Like, do you know really. if they've gotten any of the voice talent from this no, series? The, the voices are not good in this game. Hmm. I, I, feel, I apologize if I'm insulting <laughs> anyone who worked on the voices, but they're very, like... Uh, very amateurish sounding. Hmm. Like you can tell there wasn't much. They did one take and that's it. <laughs> hmm. No effort at all. Um, and then the cool scene is when you're playing as Megatron. Yeah. Um, and I hate to spoil a lot of it, but um, let's just say like a lot of the Soundwave, Megatron, and Starscream scenes are taken from the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoyed that part of the movie with those guys in it, you're gonna like this part of the game. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil it, so just. It, just picture the movie when you're playing it, and that's 
that's that almost is worth playing through the game just to get to those scenes. It's pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Megatron is, is, is badass. Yeah. So, so is this game meant to be almost a prequel to the movie in some ways? I believe it is. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Because the way it ends is, I think the start of and by like, the movie, Generation One. We're talking about the animated movie from the eighties, right? We're it's well before that. Yeah. Uh-huh, this is right. like pre G one. Not not the recent movies. Um. No, no, not the Michael Bay. <laughs> no. Okay, just making that clear. Yeah, no. Uh huh. Um, and then you get to the last scene, and the last scene is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. The last like chap two chapters, um, or three chapters, I should say. They introduce the Dinobots, mm-hmm. so you get to play as Grimlock, and then they start introducing the other four Dinobots, and that's really cool. And I, I gotta say, they did a really good job how that works mm-hmm. and then after that the last two scenes is the big battle and the big battle is pretty cool because it's very fast paced and you're constantly switching you're taking control of different robots so like it could be one scene where you're playing as jazz you know and you're playing with him for maybe like five minutes like just to get past this one scene and then immediately you're switching to the decepticon like um like Starscream, he comes back, you know? Uh-huh. And you play with him for, like, one scene. And then it's, like, it zooms over to um, Sky Skyfire or something, or Jetfire. And then you're playing as him for, like, two seconds. And so it just you just keep bouncing from, like, Autobot to Decepticon. And this is, like, how the big battle takes place. Uh-huh. Do you like that approach? Uh, I actually liked it a lot. I wish the whole game was like that. Hmm. Because it, it really varies up the control right. and the, the kind of the um, randomness of it. Right. Um, but the the bad thing is you have to remember like Prowl, I'm mean, not Prowl. Jazz has like the grappling hook, so if you forget how to use the grappling hook, like, mm-hmm. you're gonna like probably die a few times if you remember. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, because you said you liked it when the Decepticons became the focus of the game. Yeah. But, but you know, like, do you feel like flipping between factions like that? Does that like take it's away? It's so fast. It doesn't take away like your investment in like mm-hmm. which side you want to win or anything like that. Um. Well, this well, this is another so. Not really, because um, it's almost like watching the cartoon, and you're just controlling, like, you, you kind of have control over both sides. Uh-huh. I like how it played out. Um, and then the very end scene is Megatron versus Optimus. Mm-hmm. And you play as both also. Oh, weird. And then, In the same and, fight. And the very end, uh, you get to choose. So you're going to choose, you want, you want to win as Megatron, or do you want to win as Optimus? Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how your ending of the game is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool how that builds up to that. Yeah, so now it's like, you played as Autobots and Decepticons, now you get to choose, when you win this game, are you going to be Megatron beating Optimus, or Optimus beating Megatron? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, thumbs up. That was a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It was worth it. That's cool. Uh-huh. Neat. Yeah. Yep. I think I do have, like I mentioned, I think I do have these games, but I don't know. I got to like make make some room in my pile to get to them. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Um, I did end up switching it on easy because um, I, I noticed on, on normal, it was just a lot of the reasons I was dying were just, like, annoying reasons. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't see. Like, I still think there's a lot of problems with this game, and the first one's still way better. But um, on easy, like, a lot of the nonsense of getting hit from, like, things you can't see because, like, it's not showing you, like, where the enemies are quick enough. Mm-hmm. Or so and, camera stuff. Yeah, just camera stuff and like stuff like you want a kit, so you it's a third person view. So if you have like a, a bunch of robots in the distance and you want to kind of snipe them between a wall, mm-hmm. if your gun like your gun can be pointing between like two walls, 
But for some reason, when you shoot, it's exploding like it's hitting a wall. But there's no wall there because you're oh. you're shooting in between it. But for some reason, it doesn't. It can't figure it out, like where the space between the two walls is. Yeah, some games flub that. Yeah, and so you have to like kind of back yourself up, and then kind of. But by the time you do that, then they start shooting you. So. But you can definitely do it if the shot is right. Like if, no. if the angle is right. No, mm. no, and it, it stinks because if you're shooting like um a weapon that has like a bazooka or something, it's going to hit the wall and explode and hit you too. Yeah. Well, some games have these, you know, they have invisible walls and stuff where it might look like it's an open space for you to be able to move through or shoot through, but, you know, but it's meant to be a barrier where you can't actually be able to to fire through. Mm, I mean, this game is meant for, like, hiding behind Mm -hmm. things and then, like, jumping out and shooting Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And you get to choose the hand you're shooting on. So, like, your default is your right hand. Right. But if you're, you know, if there's a wall on your right hand side, you can switch to your left and kind of shoot guys from that side. Hmm. So, yeah, so it still has a lot of issues. If Bruticus was there, though, I think it would have been a whole different scene. Yeah, well, <laughs> Bruticus is not that much larger than the robots. <laughs> <laughs> and his voice isn't as menacing as the uh-huh. cartoon was. Uh, Bruticus was a little bit of a letdown. Oh, wow. But you still you get to control him again at the end. He's one of the robots that... Mm. Just when you think, like, the Autobots are starting to win, like, Bruticus just pounds his punches through a wall, <laughs> and now you get to play as Bruticus. It's, like, awesome. <laughs> Uh, I see, I run, I run into this, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if it's the same exact thing, but I run into this a lot with some other, like, shooter-type games that I play, like, like you know, where there's, like, some kind of super weapon in the game, mm-hmm. which would make your life a whole lot easier if you had gotten it sooner, or if you yeah. could find more ammo for it. Like, a lot of times you have a great weapon, but you don't have the right ammo. Yes. And the game, and then, you know, you use it for a little bit, and the game's over, and it's like, oh, man, if only this weapon would have been available sooner, right? or if only I could have done it, that's you know. That's like the Resident <laughs> Evil rocket launcher. <laughs> you don't get it until you beat the game, and that's, like, the best weapon you the can The BFG with, in Doom, you know? Yeah, it yeah. goes back to that. Uh-huh. Even. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yep. Neat. So, uh, yes, I finished that, and then I also decided to play some, go a little pixel style. I played some Gunslugs, too, mm-hmm. which just came out. I played it on Ouya, but mm. it's also available on Android and iOS. Uh-huh. Uh, don't like it. I think it's horrible. <laughs> what does uh, this game look like? It's What's... very similar to... It's a side-scrolling shoot-em-up, similar to Metal Slug, mm-hmm. Contra, a Gunstar Heroes, that oh, style. This is your type of game. I know. So, Well, <laughs> I played through the first game, uh-huh. and I remember enjoying it. My memory could be foggy. I don't know because I, I played through so many games, but um, and the reviews were pretty good on this game. So um, <clears throat> my problem is it's super fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't even see the bullets. Everything's so fast paced. Mm. So you're basically blindly just running across the screen. Your bullets or the enemy's bullets? Both. Mm. Like your bullets are just a trail of like dots everywhere, and the enemies are just the same. You just see bouncing balls everywhere and grenades and stuff. And it's pretty simple. It's just you have, like, usually three towers you have to knock down. And to knock down these, like, satellite towers, you have to go inside them and climb to the top. And you you set off a detonator. And then then you continue on with the level. Mm. And that's basically the same thing over and over. It just repeats. My problem with it is just it's so chaotic that there's no shield. There's no way to avoid... You can buy, like, power-ups, but th- it just seems totally random, like, how guys are hitting you. There's no way to, like, block anything. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it just got really frustrated by, like, the third level. I was... I must have tried this one level, like, four, four or five times, and then 
I was like, all right, I'll give it like one more time. And then I tried it again. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this anymore. And this is different from the first game? Uh, it seems different. I don't remember too clearly mm-hmm. about the first game. I remember just liking it. So that was a big disappointment. Mm. Um, it just didn't seem fun. It was just kind of like, well, what am I doing? I'm just holding down the button and running across the screen and hoping that you yeah. know I, I win the level. I don't know. <laughs> but but this game like seems to be really popular online. I don't know why people like this so much. I guess people want more more of that type of game. Uh, running, maybe running guns. I would say like watch some YouTube videos first before <clears> you, <throat> you you buy this game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I gave. So I was disappointed by that. I tried another game called Pixel Staff, and this was also on Ouya. Uh-huh. I think it's on, uh, it might be like a, a browser game or something. It's definitely online. So... I don't know this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's a Metroidvania type of game. Wow. But I use that term very loosely. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's very reminiscent of like the old Amiga style. Very simple 2D pixel graphics. Uh, very little like... Almost no parallax scrolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, your character looks sort of like Orko from He-Man, but mm-hmm. like in a blue color. He has maybe one frame of animation, does, <laughs> and it's like... Does he float? <laughs> he pretty much... It's very floaty, I would say. Uh, okay. He doesn't float, but... Does he have an annoying voice? No talking. No, this is... <laughs> okay. I mean, the graphics are real, like, I'm, basic. I'm, I'm thinking of the things I remember of Orko. Um, yeah, he... It's a blue, like, robe pretty much holding like a staff in front of you Uh and that's pretty much it Mm, and when you walk you just see like a little wrinkle like in the clothes and that's it like one frame of animation Mm. but it's meant to be pixely it's that's the point yeah so um at first i I was like this game is absolutely terrible because it just looks awful Mm -hmm. but um i gave it a little try because i do like metroidvania type of style games yeah and uh, i found myself like saying all right i'll keep playing this i'll keep playing this and you're basically uh, looking for these shards in these treasure chests. And these shards, uh, when you collect six of them, it powers up your hearts. And your heart meter grows. And you're going to find these power-ups for your um, for your staff that you shoot with. Mm-hmm. And other things like that. Um, it's not a long game. Uh, eventually, I got to a point where uh, it's very confusing. Because like the original Metroid, it uses like pixel art. And you can't really tell at the scenes you've been in before. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, a treasure chest being opened. And you're like, oh, I was just here. So after a while, I felt like I was revisiting the same levels. I had to look online to get the map. And it turns out I completed almost the whole entire game. Uh-huh. I just missed, like, one section. And that was the section where the end bosses. <laughs> so I kept, like, circling around. And I was like, ah, oh, it's the one spot <laughs> I missed. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so I went up there. I beat the dragon and beat the game. It's kind of short. Mm-hmm. But it's I, I liked it. I don't know. Um, it was only like a buck, I think. I think it's free if you play it online. But it's very simple, very short. Hmm. A, little, a little slow-paced. Okay. So, I don't know. All right. I might be willing to try it out. Yeah. I, like... You gotta like that old-style, like, gameplay. Like, Amiga, mm-hmm. maybe even, like, Atari 800-style. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks like one of those games that you could have programmed yourself in BASIC. Wow. That's uh, so. If you like that style, there's a bit of a gulf between those two things. Yeah, the music's not too great. It just it's like this jazzy tune that loops over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That was my gaming for the week. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Some variety. Yep. <laughs> not bad at all. Cool. Well, um, 
Maybe we could talk about anything we might have picked up this week. Anything on your end? I don't believe so. No. Really? No. Hmm. Nope. I almost picked up some amiibos, but <laughs> I used my better judgment and put them back. <laughs> Good thinking. Yes. Because you never know. You never know where the, you know, where the, where the value might end up on some of those. Yeah. I don't know. Might end up getting bitten. I'm not going to get caught in that trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I did pick up a couple of um, um, new items, I would say. Well, two of two of the same item. Um, and it's going to be an item that's one for the left controller and one for the right controller. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were going to talk about this. You sure you didn't know? Well, I just got these myself yesterday. Interesting. <laughs> well, all right. So, obviously, um, I'm talking about the... Uh, the supplemental overlay pack. Yes. For the Intellivision flashback. This was sold um, online through the Intellivision Lives uh, website. This is meant to give you overlays for the games that overlays were not included for in the flashback system. So, you know, the, the flashback has 60 games, but it only comes with overlays for 10 of them. And, um, you know, this is basically the overlays for the other 50 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it includes, um, I think, overlays that were offered to the community before, because some of the INCB games didn't come with overlays at all. Yeah. This is a point when they were, like, really cost-cutting. So they were like, well, if the game doesn't need an overlay, let's not bother. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <clears throat> um, but, you know, obviously, if you... Our collector type, and you want to complete the set on the totally. Yeah. This was a good option. There were only, you know, it's basically fourteen ninety nine. Um, so I figured that's a reasonable addition to the system mm-hmm. to make it like a little more, a little more nice to use and a little, a little extra art to look at and stuff. Yeah, these are so these are direct from uh, Intellivision's. So it's not from At Games, right? It's from Intellivision directly. Correct. And, um, yeah, so as far as I know, there was not an equivalent set for Collector Vision, yeah. let's say. Right, yeah, well, that's what I was wondering, because that's also what I would want. Mm-hmm. Now, if you wanted to buy these, can you buy just for, like, the one player, or do you have to buy both packs for both players? It comes as a set. So okay, so basically 15, you get you get both. You get two, you know, because it's labeled left controller, right controller. Okay. <laughs> I haven't really actually compared them to see if any are different, but I guess... Um, well, I was wondering, yeah, I was going to say, if, it, if it's basically the same, if it's not, like, reversed, right. then you can just buy, like, one pack and split it with your friend and say, like, if you don't, unless, like, you really do need mm-hmm. it from both controllers, but how often, you know, do you Yeah, have? well, a lot of these games are two-player-only games, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the uh-huh. drawbacks of the, the, <laughs> the television catalog. A lot of them do require two players. Okay. Yeah, so there you have it. Yeah, so you picked up me up a set. It surprised me because <laughs> I was looking for these and I didn't know these were released. Right. So I thought At Games was going to sell them. Yeah, I um, I ordered these a while ago. These these were ordered before the holidays, before the end of the year, and um, I guess they couldn't get them out the door fast enough. <clears throat> so there was a slight delay in shipping, but they did fulfill all the orders in the end. Yeah, and they're pretty high quality. They're like the ones that originally came with the flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean apparently they even work with the original. In television are they console. sized the same? They're yeah. sized appropriately. Very cool. Yeah. And the fact that they have... The thing that's like extremely cool about this is that there are so many um, like fan-made right. um, overlays, which you can't get you know, for some of these games. 
Right. Because he tore Maeve, so... Exactly. Those are the ones that, um... It's almost yeah, worth the price come with them. just for that. That's really cool. These were done by Psycho Stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> who's credited uh, on the actual overlay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, any great works of art here, but... <laughs> Some of them are, uh, you know... It's definitely cool, though. It's, it's, it's a, definitely a different style. It's uh-huh. a different style than what you would see from the original art team. Yeah. But... but I'm almost afraid to, like, I'm afraid to ruin them. I don't want to get, <laughs> take them out. Uh-huh. Well, they do also point out... greasy fingers, like, leave your paws off my yeah. controller. <laughs> you can still, you know, you could put it out for reference, I guess, if you really don't want to actually suppose. press into well, them. Th- yeah, so isn't it in the instruction manual, don't they list, like, with these functions? If it's needed for the game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of don't really need it, but... Technically not. I if mean, you're looking for the authentic experience. You can even go on the website and get PDFs of the original images. Oh, print them out yourself? And print them oh, if okay. you wanted to. Sure. So Yeah, but these are pretty high quality, though. These are not like just like cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are nice plastic overlays. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Cool. Right. Very nice. So that was that. <laughs> All right. And get anything else? Uh, that was it. Okay. That was Good it enough. for this week. Um, but I guess on the other end of the price spectrum, we can talk about... Some other um, item that was uh, up for pre-order this week. I'm surprised you didn't go for this. This is kind of hard to believe. <laughs> Seemed like right up your alley. <clears throat> well, yeah. So um, we got word that uh, Borderlands was being um, released for uh, next-gen consoles. Uh, we're talking about Borderlands The Handsome Collection, which is going to have Borderlands 2 as well as Borderlands the pre-sequel, which acts as, which acts as a sequel, uh, a prequel, let's say, to Borderlands 2. Um, and those were previously released for PS3 and 360, but now they both get the PS4 and Xbox One treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the insane thing is that there's going to be a deluxe version of this bundle. This, yep. You know, it's a pair of games that are normally going to be 60 bucks for the the consoles, but there's going to be a $400 edition of this game that comes with, you know, the usual stuff, some artwork, uh, a nicer steelbook case, you know, um, you know, deluxe packaging, that kind of thing. But it also comes with a remote controlled claptrap robot from the game, mm-hmm. which you're going to use a, there's going to be an app that you can load on a smartphone, like an iPod Touch, let's say, or an yeah. iPhone or whatever, and control it that way. And uh, I've seen this thing, I've seen videos of this thing in action, and it looks insane. I mean, this should be a product on its own, but... Maybe it will be. Maybe they're testing the waters to see if mm-hmm. there's enough attention. I mean, they, they. I don't know if you read the description on this thing, but it not only says lines... From uh-huh. from the game. No, I wasn't aware of that. No. But it even will live stream video. What? To the mobile device. Oh, so it has a camera from it through its eye. Yeah. So oh, so you can actually cool. steer the robot around and actually see now, how, live video from the I, app. I watched the video, but I didn't get a sense of scale. I didn't I didn't watch it too closely. Right. How large? Did they say how large this thing was? Um, it's I, definitely not like. Claptrap size. No, like, I mean it's not like he scaled down. Like, was it like a foot? Maybe it's it's about um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe halfway to your knee or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about that size. But um, 
I don't know. It's going to be limited to 5,000 units, and I hear it's already sold out. Oh, really? <laughs> Why, did you have $400 burning a no. hole in your pocket? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but this is one of those things... 20 or 30 years from now that mm-hmm. people are going to look see in a museum and say wow I didn't know they made that or you know oh right. I wish I had that you know like you sometimes you see these weird things that you just don't remember or they were just so limited and this is one of them yeah yeah we've seen photos of some robots from yeah back in the yeah, 80s yeah, right <laughs> and we're like wow that looks pretty cool <laughs> yeah those 80s robots were awesome uh-huh remember that show Riptide uh, then they have a, a pet robot. I don't know. They, they were on a boat. It was like it was like right. Miami Vice on a boat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Uh, it was they had like one of the guys was like this nerd hacker, and I think right, a I robot that guy. <laughs> you sure he wasn't the robot you're thinking of? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I haven't watched it since eighty something. Uh-huh. I haven't seen that one. No, sorry to say, uh, I don't think you're missing anything. <laughs> but I remember in the eighties, like. Like pet robots were the thing, you know, like Vicky mm-hmm. from Small Wonder. Who wouldn't want a pet robot? I know. <laughs> uh, does a Roomba count? Can you get a Roomba and just um, call it your pet? <laughs> I mean, when the Roomba came out, I was pretty interested in that. They made it like seem like mm-hmm. this thing was gonna, you know, vacuum when you were at home and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was tempted to. But I always wanted to be Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons. He had the <laughs> coolest. He had like a Dragon Slayer arcade machine. He had an arcade in his house. <laughs> Sure. In, yeah. 19, in 1983, that was pretty cool. He was like he the had live... the robot. He had like a train that rode through his house. He was the live action Richie Rich. Yeah, yeah. Well, almost. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the game comes out in March, uh, March 24th. Yeah, uh, pretty. Um, I mean, what has it been like five months since prequel Something came out? Something like that, right? So if you got it for Christmas, maybe you're a little annoyed that you just got the prequel and now, you know, they're releasing a, the upgraded version that everyone kind of wanted to yeah. begin with. But... I guess some people saw it as an obvious thing. Like, this, it's a, definitely going to I mean, I figured it was coming. I thought it was going to get, like, announced at E3, probably. Right. Mm. So I'm a little shocked that they announced it this early, but... Right. But they, they probably did, have some bigger news this E3. They did mention that you're going to be able to port your saves yes. over. So if you've already started the game on yeah. the last gen yeah. systems, you'll be able to import them up to the new version. Yeah, so that's good. So if you want, like, sell your game now mm-hmm. and then just upgrade and, and recoup some of the costs. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, I mean, I have it on PC, so I probably won't be picking it up. No. Uh, that, to me, that's already a next-gen version. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have it on 360, but um, graphics are good enough. I don't know. Right. Plus, you know, I don't have an Xbox One, so I couldn't do the save crossover. Right. Yeah, they mentioned that it doesn't go across uh, mm. console families. Yeah, so if it's, it has to be Xbox to Xbox and PlayStation right. to PlayStation. Yep. All right. And PC, I guess, already has the upgrade, so... No you're fine, version. yeah, if you're on Steam. Yeah, I mean, you know, they also talked about how there's, like, a split-screen co-op on, four on this player. one, too. Yeah, four-player, yeah, four-player co- um, couch co-op. Right, so that's something that the, I don't believe the PC version has, mm. although I guess if they really wanted to, they could patch that in, but that's not, that's unusual. Usually you don't see split-screen support in no. PC games. But, um, I mean, I don't know too many four-player split-screen co-op other than, like, GoldenEye or N64. <laughs> I'm sure right. there are other ones, but... Yeah, I don't know. That just quickly comes to mind is like, you know, the co-op shoot 'em up, you know, first person. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. Borderlands is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll this will hold us over. Would you consider before. Borderlands a, a classic game at this point? Classic? They're on their third version now. Well, this is part three. Well, it's still like, pretty modern though. It started in the in the last gen era. Yeah. So. I was just wondering, like, how many versions of a game <laughs> has to get made before it's considered like, like a classic? Hard to say. I think it just depends on age. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it comes down to. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's running out of steam anytime soon. We'll be uh, we'll be hearing news about Borderlands Three pretty soon. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But I'm going to take that as a segue and say, speaking of steam. <laughs> I hear Steam has got a new feature. Yeah, I got an email about this. They're going to be they're incorporating Twitch streaming straight from Steam mm-hmm. without the use of another like external client. Right. So I guess and kind of basically competing with what Twitch does. Yeah. Letting letting users uh, directly stream their games. Yeah. So this is through Steam though. Mm-hmm. So rather than going to Twitch to watch a game, you can go to Steam. And look at someone's profile, and if they're playing a game, it'll show up, and you can do watch now, and you'll watch them playing the game. Right, right. And I don't, I don't know if that's. Um, I guess you know. I guess you don't have to be friends with the person as long as you know their profile name. It has to be a public profile. Yeah, it's got to be public. So yeah, I, I haven't tested it. it to see if there's a way to search for like, do a search for games, and then see if who's playing them. Sort of like on Twitch, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And is this a feature that interests you? Do you feel... Uh, it does. Yeah, yeah. You seem, you seem kind of interested well, in uh, I game like, streaming. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not like like some of the younger kids. They just they watch this stuff all day. <laughs> right. But I like... Sometimes I want to know, like, if a game comes out that's new, I want to take a look at it and see what it looks like. Or if maybe it's a game that I don't like and mm-hmm. people seem to be playing it, maybe I'm missing something. So I like to just watch it and see, well, maybe I'm not playing it right or maybe I'm just not understanding what this game is. So I'll, I'll do that often. Yeah, Totally. It's a good way to get a feel for what the game mm-hmm. looks and plays like. Because a lot of times you go through you go through official channels and all you get are trailers and pre-rendered stuff, and you have no idea what the actual yeah, game looks no, like. Yeah, no, I know they don't do a very good job. Uh huh. So, yep, definitely useful to the community. Totally, yeah. So it's still in beta. Mm-hmm. So you need to go into your settings if you do want to set this up, and, and you have to opt in. I think mine like might have done it automatically, right? When I checked it. So, and I don't know how mine works through big picture mode, if it, if that can't, if that works or not. I haven't tested it. I don't imagine that that would have a, an impact. I think it should work. I don't see why not. Because that's really just for the, the client's UI. Mm-hmm. But the game is the same, so. Uh, there's no reason why I can't record in the background the same as yeah. the way it would. And this is PC only right now, Windows, so. Mm-hmm. Right, they said that it, comes it, out of beta. it is coming to... The Linux and OS X versions yep. eventually. Cool. Has, does that interest you? Because you you are a bigger Steam user than I am. Yeah, um, I, I do have a lot of Steam games that I need to play, so I will probably at least look into it. I did set up Twitch on my computer through the uh, Nvidia game streaming feature. Yeah. And I've had mixed results with that. Yeah, I know you did some Robotron streaming, and that was kind of yeah half and half working. Um, but I'm going to see how this compares and see how it looks. Uh-huh. So I'll definitely try it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, so since I do have a ton of games, I figured, you know, there was this, uh, there's this website out there 
that will actually um, look at your Steam library and tell you, you know, I guess it'll, it'll look at an average of, you know, what the completion time for various games are. And it'll basically build um, an estimate of how long it will take for you to play through all of your Steam library. And, um, you know, I guess this is a thing that a lot of people wonder about. They call it their pile of shame. <laughs> like, you know, Do they really? <laughs> well, because it's so, it's so easy, so tempting during a Steam sale to just look at all these cheap games and say, hey, I, I can use this, I can use that, and then you may never get around to playing it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And that pile just keeps growing and growing. And, you know, you think, wow, how long is, is it going to take me to get through all these games? So now there's an answer. There's actually a way to get a, an answer out of that. Um, so there's, um, I guess, a site called steamleft.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it basically uses another website called howlongtobeat.com. Uh, there's a web database over there where people report in on how long it's taken them to beat various games. Um, so it calculates uh, a total for you. And um, it's very I, upsetting. I went over. I, well, it, is it upsetting for you already? It's upsetting because yeah. you're fairly uh, new. I think I'm user. more upset for you than myself. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, um, I've been a I've been a, a, Steam, a Steam user for a while, so I've got a lot of a bunch of games. Um, so I went in and plugged in my uh, my profile name, and it goes over to my profile and looks at all the games I have and mm-hmm. figured out a total. And it tells me that it would take. 2,526 continuous hours to play all, Is that all? the games mm-hmm. that I have in my library at the moment. Um, and that works out to 105 days, 6 hours, and 43 minutes of continuous playtime. And it goes a step further, right? It tells you... Yeah, it, it gets it, a little cute now. It, 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 <laughs> right, it compares it to other activities. Yeah. Um, so in my case, in that time... I could watch the entire Star Trek series 38 times from front start Which to Which is finish. funny because I can see you doing that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I might have done that already. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that they pulled out that info. Uh-huh. Well, if you're more of a next-gen fan, then next generation only 19 times. Oh, okay. In the same amount of time. Um, I could also drive from Alaska to the tip of South America six times back and forth. Hmm. In the same amount of time. Oh, there are, there's other examples too, but I guess I guess you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how does that make you feel? That knowing that you have this library of games that you will probably never play through it's, in your entire lifetime. It's great. I love it. Yeah, uh, because does it make you sad to no, know that you'll actually, never get to experience all this good stuff. I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that for sure, but to be honest, I think of it as. A grand buffet. <laughs> I think of it as an all-you-can-eat kind of meal with a lot of different variety, and there's no rule that I have to finish it all. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's all about the choice. It's all about stepping up to the table, <laughs> bringing up my Steam client, and saying, "Wow, look at all these games I've got to play. What shall I play today?" But does this does this put it in perspective now, knowing that it gives you a, a specific number that you can plan out your schedule and say okay december i'm going to do this game from this day to this day uh-huh. you know january i'm going to do this like do you want to like come up with a plan to tackle all these games well i've looked at some specific games and um i don't know my my playtime is always way over because i mean the typical average the, the scary thing is steam isn't your only method of 
That's true. Game collecting. That's very true. <laughs> so this doesn't even take into account your PS3 library, your Xbox 360 library, mm-hmm. your your now Wii U library, <laughs> Xbox One, PS4, TurboGrafx-16, which I'm sure you haven't played through your PC Engine library. That's very true. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's not about the quantity. It's just about, basically... If I've got some game time, what do I want to play? And, you know, the world is... It's all there, you know? That's insane. Well, what about you? You've got a fairly new library. Yeah, so I plugged in not nearly as impressive as yours. (laughs) So it said it's going to take me 170 continuous hours. Uh Uh-huh. Which would be seven days, two hours, and 37 minutes. Are you feeling the heat yet? (laughs) Uh, I feel it's doable. I think I can do it. <laughs> you feeling the pressure? I'm feeling good. With 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 a blizzard looming on the horizon, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I'm gonna have some downtime. Maybe you're so. stocked up to get through at least a few days. I think I can do it. All right, cool. Not bad. Uh, I don't know if I want to do it though. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, as much as I like gaming, I sometimes I just need to step away a little bit. It's a good plan. It does. Um, I don't know. It's a little overload. I think gaming <laughs> overload. <laughs> That's not so bad, though. That's that's pretty manageable. What could you do in place of that activity? In place of playing video games? For seven days in a row. I could travel from America's coast to coast in a car three times. Wow. I could do it. My friend is doing it right now, oddly enough, that I, uh-huh. I could have done. I could have joined her, but I couldn't take off from work. So. I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to take more than seven days to go coast to coast three times i think so i mean that's almost it's three days one way typically I, but yeah, i think right. this takes into account this this doesn't include breaks this mean this is like continuous driving oh, true yeah i think that's how they're looking at it yeah unfortunately we are human <laughs> we need to sleep sometimes right well i guess um on to the next thing which is um a quick explanation from microsoft about why the Xbox One is getting another price drop so mm-hmm. soon after going back to its three ninety nine price. It's now back at three forty nine, like we mentioned. Yeah. Um, and basically, they they feel like, wow, we had a great result to to our previous sale, and we just want to continue the fun. Hmm. That's kind of. Well, of course, they're not going to be negative. They're not going to say like, well, sales weren't as good as we thought. So. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely going to spin this in a positive. Yeah, it's actually a kind of a weird spin. I mean, that's that's kind of how yeah. I boil it down. Like, you know, hey, you know, obviously we got good results, so let's keep it keep the party going, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, they're saying, you know, well, a lot of new people picked up an Xbox One, and you know, they they're going to tell their friends about how great it is, and those their friends are going to want to go out and get one too. But then their friends are going to see that it's back up to three ninety nine. So we're going to lower it to three forty nine, so all their friends can get in on it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I don't know. Maybe maybe their market research shows that they've gotten really good word of mouth out of it. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. Um, but I suppose you know, it's just a way for them to continue to capitalize on. And they're still saying it's momentum. not permanent. So at any time, this price could go back to right. four hundred. Right. Probably long enough to stall until they can get a new model out. Yeah. yeah. Like like you predicted. Yeah, I think so. That you think they're going to have a, a cost-reduced version already. Oh, yeah. To be it, effective it, at I'd that price. I'd be so shocked by Christmas if that revision, the second revision, doesn't come out. Mm-hmm. Well, 
E3 in June would be the perfect time yep. to show that off. We will see. Yeah. So there's some other Microsoft news happening this week. Yeah, they, were, they had a lot of big news that maybe didn't get mainstream coverage. Mm-hmm. But um, a, a big Windows 10 press conference. Right. Or keynote. Yeah. And um, I guess the big thing about that one was the price. Uh, yeah. Impressive price point, I have to say. <laughs> I am impressed. Yeah. So... They're, they're following Mac's lead mm-hmm. on their uh, pricing structure on their OS updates. Right. Which is now free. <laughs> a free update. That's true. And Microsoft's doing the same thing. If you're a Windows 7 to 8.1 user, yeah. you will be entitled to a free Windows 10 upgrade. Which uh, which is the first time that I know of that they're doing something as like this. As far as I know, too. Well, well, sales have been pretty sluggish on 8. On Windows 8, right. Yeah, pretty bad, actually. I mean, I guess there's a number of reasons for that. I, one yeah, of them, I mean... One of them yeah. could be that, hey, people are just perfectly fine with Windows 7. They don't really see an yeah. urgent need to need to upgrade. There's no People still using Windows features. 95, which is mind-blowing to well, me. Well, that's silly. <laughs> or XP. XP, even. Yeah. Well, XP, XP's support has ceased. There's, no, there's not going to be any more no. OS updates on that. So that's not a good idea either, just because of you know various exploits and things that can happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, is this a big improvement going to Windows 7? I would recommend that for anyone, obviously. Yeah. It's been a while, but... <clears throat> so getting getting 10 for free is pretty good though. It's um it's it comes with like a bit of a stipulation, like a bit of a condition. They say that the f- upgrade is going to be free for the first year. And beyond that, they haven't really said what happens after that. They haven't really said, well, you know, you're going to need to subscribe or you're going to need to buy a license after that mm. or it's not going to be free after that. And, you know, if you didn't take advantage of that first year, you are just going to have to buy one yeah. or whatever. Um, so they didn't really expand on that discussion too much. They really just, you know, didn't really bring it up, even though it is a question that's been left hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to force an upgrade or even if someone opts to take it, you know, they're not going to suddenly hold your machine hostage and say, well, guess what? After a year, you're not going to have to pay to keep using it. Oh, no, they wouldn't. I don't, I, I don't imagine that that's going to happen. They're, they need to build back their fan base again. So Right. So I think this is a little bit of a goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. Good, like sort of a, just a gesture to say, hey, you know, come on board. We'll get you up, up to the latest version. Um, and I think it's also a way to start merging maybe some of their devices, mm-hmm. their tablets, their home PCs and their Xbox console. Right. Yeah, that's the other funny thing because you mentioned phones and that's one of the that's one of the qualifying um versions of Windows. Like if you've got a Windows phone, Windows Phone 8 for example, you can you also qualify to get Windows 10 on your yeah. PC, which isn't even the same device. I know. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. I don't know how they're going to verify that, but I guess yeah, I, I guess I guess they know if you've got a a registered Microsoft account, and they can see what device accesses that their store. For example, mm-hmm. they'll just mail you a code for uh, for an OS install as well, which is um, pretty bold. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, do we know anything about what it means for the Xbox? Um, we know there's going to be an Xbox app, which you know you can basically use to manage your Xbox Live account, I guess, on PC. 
Which you can already do through Xbox.com if you just go to the, the uh, website. You can. This one's going to be part of the Metro browser, though, mm-hmm. so it's going to look a lot like your current Xbox One environment. Right. But right. you can use it directly on your PC. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw they also mentioned something about game streaming. Yeah, this one's pretty big news. You can play your Xbox One games streamed to your PC, so you still need to own the Xbox One. Right. But now you can play it on your comfortable desk chair, and <laughs> you can use some your PC people. controller, according to this. Yeah, right. And your PC monitor. Yeah. And maybe some people are comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they want to go the other way, too, to some degree. Uh, they haven't really talked about how that's going to work, be able to play PC games on your Xbox One, um, which is <laughs> kind of radical. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. Obviously, it's going to be limited to games that have controller support only. Yeah. Um, and the same is true going the other way. I think they also pointed that out, that if you are playing an Xbox One game on your PC, you're not going to magically be able to use a mouse and keyboard with, right, yeah. with your mm-hmm. uh, Session of Halo, for example. Yeah, yeah. You're still going to need a gamepad for as that. As far as we know, unless they release a, a device or something. Right, right. Um, they also mentioned the game DVR feature of, uh, yeah, of Xbox one where you can like record and stream so that'll work on the PC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess this is just going to be yet another way for you to record and stream your content to the world. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Getting more choices there. Um, another big one was direct X 12. Yeah, see, I don't know much about this DirectX stuff because I'm not right. um, a PC user. Uh-huh. I haven't been. So yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know. So DirectX is simply um, the Windows API for gaming. Um, it's, it's, it's the way that um, Windows games talk to Windows to be able to do things. You know. So you need this DirectX plugin thing? Or? It's, part of, it's just part of Windows. Okay. I mean, it's... Um, it's the way that the games communicate. You know, it used to be a bigger suite of things. Direct input for controllers. Direct 3D was the way that 3D objects were being rendered on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just bundled it all up and they, they called DirectX collectively. Um, and in the past, DirectX has just, you know, introduced new features. So basically, it's a way for game developers to say, Hey, Microsoft, we want to be able to do this type of lighting in our gaming or this support for this type of physics or whatever. So Microsoft adds that to DirectX and makes it uh, sort of like an industry standard that developers can code against. Okay. Um, and so it, it eliminates like some of the middleman because like, it runs into the so architecture kind of, of the operating yeah, system instead. Yeah, exactly. It kind of makes it generic and in such a way that the, the game developer doesn't have to worry about, well, do you have an ATI card or an NVIDIA card mm. or an Intel graphics card? Or, okay. You know, it kind of makes it a, a layer of like a middleman. Um, but the big thing with DirectX 12 is it says that it's going to give developers closer access to the hardware so that they can squeeze more performance out of specific hardware yeah. if they need to. Okay. Yeah, not exciting they, for they, end users, really. I mean, are they running into that issue right now? Where? Um, well, this is going to be, this is supposedly one of the advantages of consoles, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, a developer says, I know what kind of hardware I'm working with. So. I can code directly to that hardware and get. I can run close to the metal, as they as they say. That you know they can get every ounce of performance out of the the box because they know what they're dealing with. Whereas you know with Windows, it's abstracted. You're just coding to a specification. You don't really know exactly what the hardware is going to be. Um, 
there's been noise like this in the industry lately from especially from um, from AMD with the Radeon cards. They introduced something called Mantle, which gives developers that access to the hardware. And so this is just a way for Microsoft to make it more standardized across the whole OS for any video card. It doesn't have to be specific to AMD. Um, so it's not an exciting feature for an end user, but it's a big deal for developers mm-hmm. to be able to get more performance out of their games for PCs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess the other thing that I thought was interesting was that Microsoft says that they're going to have... They announced um, Fable Legends for PC, for Windows, um, which was going to be their next big Fable game for Xbox One, which sounds like they, they're saying that, you know, more of the Microsoft core franchises are going to be on Windows as well as Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's day and date release. So mm-hmm. it'll be available on PC and Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if there's cross-play on that. Do you know anything about that? Um, so if you're... I don't know, like, certain. I never played Maybe. the Fable games. I have one of them, but I never really gave it a shot. Uh-huh. I don't know if you... Can you play online with multiple people, or... I think that's the intention. Okay. I think they're looking I'm at wondering that part if, of it. I'm wondering if they're going to bring that back. Right. Because that's kind of cool if you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they, they specifically mentioned in their, in their thing, I just... Um, Saw this, saw that they mentioned, they said Fable fans running Windows 10 will be able to play against their fellow gamers on Xbox One. I, I like where they're going with the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I feel like Sony is being, I mean, really, like, Xbox has done a lot in the last year, like, mm-hmm. trying to rebrand themselves, you know, their Xbox One and get back some of the core users and stuff. It's new people in charge. So. Making a lot of updates, yeah. But, and I feel ideas. like Sony hasn't really done anything. They haven't released any updates. They haven't... Hmm. The, the library is still kind of so-so. It's I don't know. I'm a little, a little disappointed <laughs> with that. Interesting. I'm mean, not that I regret getting that over the Xbox One, but right. I, I like what I see from Microsoft. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious though how this is going to play out. Just because you know, I mean, you, you look at a console and you think about what what why would you would want to buy one, and you look at the exclusive games and you say, well, what can I get on this system that I can't get anywhere else? Yeah. And if suddenly a lot of these Xbox One games, which you think of as exclusives, mm-hmm. are going to be on PC as well, I don't know. For someone like me, who's multi-platform, who may choose to, you know, run stuff on PC over console because, you know, my PC might be better hardware, you know, deliver better frame rates, higher resolution, whatever. Sure. Um, you know, for a lot of these cross-platform games, it is the default choice for me. And, you know, I looked at the consoles for the exclusives. And if, you know, if there's f- fewer exclusives on the Xbox, then I might think, well, so why would I ever want to get the Xbox version of this game, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just wonder if it dilutes the Xbox brand in any way hmm. by doing that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's tighter integration overall. I guess it promotes the brand, puts the brand out there more so. But at the same time, when it comes down to individual games, um, you know. I, yeah, I don't know if that'll affect... It's a good point, but I, I, I like. I almost wish they said, you know, starting today, Xbox One software, you know, is will work on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. So you can just put in Sunset <laughs> Overdrive, and that you go, boom, it's on your PC. Imagine that. Well, that might happen before they get around to I mean, visually supporting it. That's kind of almost it. what this is going on here, pretty much. Yeah, I just don't know if it, it physically will work that way, where you can just. 
pop the disc in. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the architecture of the of the hardware mm-hmm. itself is different enough so that it's not exactly. I mean, it, it uses PC like parts, mm-hmm. but the way things are interconnected and the way yeah, things are, you know, I mean, for example, it's optimized for that format. That yeah, I mean, they have you know like they have a specific CPU that runs at a certain rate that is also um, you know got eight gigs of memory, for example, that's unified. So the graphics processor and the main central processor use the same pool of memory and can divide it up. And that's not really that's really not how a, a PC is structured these days. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Windows 10 or 11 or something mm-hmm. in between will work some magic and it will turn your PC into effectively like an Xbox console. But who knows? Should I cancel my Windows 9 pre-order? I was going to um, that. If you put money down for that... I, know, I already gave the guy some money. He says he was getting me a beta copy. You're going to have to roll it over to 10. All right, I hope he gives me my money back. <laughs> of course, there is no Windows 9 because they skipped over 9. <laughs> they decided to call it 10. They went from 8 to 10. Don't confuse me. <laughs> I know these are big numbers. I, I know, I just, I, I just started using a PC. Come on. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep things simple then. All right, we're gonna bring it back back down to earth and <laughs> talk about some Nintendo. Oh, uh, wait, let me get my tissues. Hold on. Yeah, so uh, of course we can't get through a show without talking about Nintendo in some capacity. I know, almost. <laughs> so but we're gonna mention big news. Yeah, the that, club. The club is is done. Club Nintendo is put going the, to be retired. Put the sign on. This is closed. It's going to be phased out over the next six months. New games are already not going to be par- eligible for Club Nintendo benefits. That's it. And uh, by June, over. it's going to be done. Um, in North America, at least. Um, and they say they're going to replace it with some new program. Yeah, that they'll post at some other point so, in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, hopefully by the time this thing is mm-hmm. done, because, um, you know, people are going to be buying games and they're going to want to know, hey, can I continue to... Redeem points for some kind of special prize. Yeah. Um, I was never a big Club Nintendo uh, no, follower. I mean, I've gotten various games over the years, but I never really had the diligence to register games and systems and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, no big loss for me. I, I did. See, I mean, I've seen prizes with Club Nintendo that I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. I yeah. wonder... How yeah, many they had some other games you had to buy, and they had that Game and Watch, and other right. So that was part of it, right? Mm-hmm. The Game and Watch. Uh, I think very back in the, in the back in the day, they had those um, Game Boy. I think those DS games that were like those abstract. They were only released in Japan, but I think they sold them on the store. Hmm. I don't know if you remember those? There were like three versions of it. Oh yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like the the Bit Trip, not Bit Trip. Yeah, they were kind of like that, but bit, it was even, Bit something. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Yep. I forget what the name of those it was were. Like, one was like Hexagon or something yeah, like that. Right, I don't right. know. Some weird names. Uh-huh. Well, they had the, the Game & Watch collections for DS also. Oh, Plan- Plankton. That was one. Oh, that was another Plankton. one. Electroplankton. That was the first one. I have that game, actually. Uh-huh. I bought that at the Nintendo World Store. They actually sold oh, that over really? the counter. Okay. Yeah. But I see, I, I've seen that like used at GameStop, too. Oh, really? So it's not as rare as... Maybe not. They made it seem to be? Okay. Yeah, I guess not. But they've had various merchandise. They've had, like, tote bags and, yeah, you know, like, um, certain exclusive games, I think, even. Like, certain games that were only available hmm. to Club Nintendo members. Like, um, there was, like, a special version of Punch-Out for Wii. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. That was against, like, the trainer. I huh. think, like, Doc Lewis's Punch-Out. Was, was that like a special. download game? Or? Yeah, it was a download. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, they've had soundtracks and other stuff like that. Things that you could typically imagine. But of course, Japan got the best stuff. They always do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. They got things that we couldn't get here. I mean, they even had this like special edition like uh, 3DS that were like super limited, only a thousand of each, and you had to go like like if you got enough if you bought the right games during like the right time uh-huh. there was like a drawing that you could win one of these special 3DSs uh, I gotta stop with this stuff and they had like some really cool designs I don't I'm know I'm getting a little tired of all this limited edition impossible to get <laughs> stuff it's like when I was a kid I couldn't buy anything because I didn't have the money right. and now I have the money I can't buy anything because the stuff is like limited edition and sells out before you get a chance mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting screwed <laughs> <laughs> the man, the man's against me. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll um, we'll see what actually comes out okay. to replace it. I, I, I imagine right. a lot of this this physical stuff is going to go away, and they're just going to give you points on the eShop or something like that. Yeah, who knows? Something simpler, maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. Yep. What else do we have? Anything to wrap things up with? Not really. I mean, uh, there were some comments on the site. Uh, Greg, Greg Gizzy did leave a comment about the Transformers game. Uh-huh. He mentioned something that I, I forgot to point out, uh, that there's a Japanese uh, PS2 game from Takara. Mm-hmm. It was a Transformers game based on the Generation 1 series. Mm. It was never released in America, and there is a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> the game looks super cool. Uh, as Greg says, it's a total piece of crap. But does have cool G1 3D models. Right. The the Wii Cyber... And he also mentions uh, the Cybertron game for the Wii, uh, which is a uh, rail shooter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember when that G1 uh, game on the PS2 was in some magazines, and I really wanted it because it looked awesome. It's a... I think it's a, a fighter, and uh, everyone's done, you know, G1 style. But uh, I I think I looked on YouTube, or I had when I hacked my PS2, modded it, uh-huh. uh, well, or a friend of mine, and I played it, and it's really bad. It's awful. <laughs> Not a good game. No. Uh-uh. Uh, so it's... Uh, no, it's, it's typical... reminiscent of, like, bad fighting games from the 16-bit era. So it's an actual, like, punching fighting game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of, like, tap the buttons and swing a mace or something. And... Hmm. Not what you want out of a Transformers no, game. uh uh-uh. No, but it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a nice job of recreating the, the characters. I see. Yep. I right. think there might have been a He-Man and Masters of the Universe game also that never came out here. Wow. It is, yeah. oh, you mean there's, there's, that's actually a game that would have come out overseas, but not in the U.S.? Um, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of games. I mean, there's Evangelion games. Well, that I can imagine, but He-Man, you feel, is... It's you true. Think. It's true. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, then. Maybe I'm thinking of like one of those... What is it? Mugen... Things. Oh, it's like a fan. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Okay, we'll research that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's all I have. All right. Well, I guess there was one other comment. Our buddy Raoul. Oh yeah. <laughs> pointed out a pair of sneakers, a piece of gaming Ralph Bear style sneakers. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Influenced by. Uh, this is a uh, uh, a pair of sneakers that's got a Simon game. That's true. B- built into it. Um, I don't know how you would play that. I, I don't know. I guess you'd have to take them off to play, which kind of defeats, defeats the purpose, in my opinion. Yeah, especially <laughs> on the subway. Like, do you really want to take your sneaker off to play Simon? These are kids' sneakers anyway. Uh, I actually did research this, mm-hmm. and those sneakers cost $65 <laughs> for a pair of kids' sneakers. That might be, like, a good price. I have no idea, because uh, yeah. I don't have kids, but... 
Mm. I don't remember sneakers costing that much. My Converse are like 30, 40 bucks usually. All right. And I'm well, an adult. But for an extra 20 bucks, it plays a game. That seems like a good value, I guess. If you say so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't say so. He does. <laughs> Sketchers are pretty good, though. I have a pair of Sketchers. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'll consider it. Okay. I'll, I'll file it under... You know. How about you give me a pair of your sneakers and I'll sew a, a game of... <laughs> I'll, I'll just like glue it on there or something. You'll hack a game into it. Yeah, because mm. they don't make them in adult sizes. I believe sizes. you could do that. <laughs> I'm not going to put that past you. Just give me <laughs> give me some like hot glue and a soldering iron. I'll figure out something. <laughs> I'll see. I'll see if I can get to that before, okay. before I clear my Steam library. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very well. All right. Well, I have nothing else, so... Me neither. Wrap it up, then. All right. We'll Remember do. to leave us feedback and any comments about this episode or future episodes. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.